You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community to help you grow, scale, and exit your firm bigger and faster. My name is Greg Alexander, and I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And on this episode, we're going to discuss power. And when I say power, basically what I am referring to is how decisions get made inside of a boutique and how that changes over time as we move through the life cycle of a boutique from growth to scale to exit and even beyond when the first generation is transitioned into the second generation and the second generation is transitioning to the third generation and so on and so on. The, uh, the decision-making power dynamic tends to morph when that happens. And it's really important because decisions in a small firm are easy. There's not a lot of them. They're simple. They're not complex. The founder who's making the decisions can play the role of dictator because he or she is still really close to the business and has great instincts. But as you get bigger in the founder or co-founders, it might be two or three steps removed from the day-to-day or the clients. You know, They might not be the best people to make decisions anymore because their inputs have changed quite a bit. So that's what we're going to discuss today. And we have a, we have a great role model, Rob Rankin. And Rob uh, is in the middle of this. He has a really great perspective because he has been through a generational transfer and uh, has a viewpoint from that standpoint. So, Rob, welcome to the show. It's uh, great to have you. And would you mind um, please giving a proper introduction of yourself? You got it. Thanks, Greg. And thanks for having me today. My name is Rob Rankin, and I'm president and CCO of CCF. We're a marketing communications firm that was founded in 1979, based in Minneapolis, and our sole world headquarters are still in Minneapolis. And and what type of clients do you serve, Rob? About 60% of our book of business is in healthcare and health and wellness, and what we like to call, um, we know healthcare from all four angles, so public health, manufacturer, payer, and provider. Okay, got it. And Rob, we wanted you to speak on this subject because, as you just mentioned, your firm was founded in 1979, and right now it's 2022, so there's been a journey. And uh, I'm sure the decision-making power has changed over time, and there's been generational transfer. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe kind of walk me through briefly that history from then till now and how the power dynamic changed. Yeah, so I joined the firm in 1998, and... um it was founded in 1979 by three gentlemen, uh, uh, Clarity, Coverdale, and Fury. Um, and in 1978, I was just an account guy and then grew up into a more leadership role, account supervisor, and ultimately uh, running a department. It was also at that point in time where the gentlemen who founded the company were getting ready to retire. One was very ready and the other two weren't very far away. So over probably a three to five year period of time, we started to have discussions about a transfer Uh, A few of us, what we call Gen 2, uh, formed a team and moved into that. And we bought that firm in 2014. We've been running it successfully ever since. I've since lost one of my partners to retirement. 
and uh, another just uh, is trying to retire this year, and we're, we're going to get her out the door to her own accord uh, shortly here. Um, and we're building that Gen 3 team that can ultimately uh, take it over from myself and my two other partners. Yep. And this progression, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, you know, this is very common in professional services because it's a people business. Um, and very often there's the next generation that wants to stay and wants to continue to do what they're doing. And um, there's an opportunity, if you handle it this way and handle it correctly, you know, for each generation to benefit for not only financially, but in other ways. Um, Rob, when, when Gen 1 was transferring to, to Gen 2, you and your partners, um, did it go as as smoothly as you had hoped, or was there were there any bumps in the road? And what type of lessons might we learn from that from that tale? Yeah, I, I'm super blessed in that it did go what I would say relatively smoothly, perfectly, absolutely not. And the founding partner Tim Clarity and myself used to say because we intended at least to keep the name the same that if we wake up five seven years from now and no one know you guys bought it. It worked and it worked really, really well. Mm. And, and that actually happened. Um, I will say that there were some speed bumps early on as we were forming our team, Gen 2. Uh, and there was a person in place who just wasn't going to be partner material. Mm. And so there were some really, really hard discussions that had to be had um, to let him know that. And, and to say that was, was easy, it wasn't. It mm. wasn't easy at all. But it had to be done or we would have been setting ourselves up um, not for success, but for failure. And so that was probably the most difficult thing. And then the other thing, at least from Gen 2's perspective, um, being patient because we had we had a kind of a, a phased approach with each of the partners where they wanted to phase out over time for different reasons. And we allowed that to happen. Uh, and from a outside looking in perspective, it still appeared like they were in charge even though they weren't. And that was important to them. Um, and it was okay with us. You know, it wasn't something where we needed to be seen front and center. We also didn't want to reinvent the enterprise. We didn't want to rename it. We didn't want to rebrand it. Uh, we didn't want to blow the whole thing up. They had a model that was working and had worked for a really long time. And we felt to blow up that type of equity in the marketplace uh, would have been a big mistake. So that required a little bit of discipline, but we were able to do that as well. You know what jumps out of me about your story? Is that you know you joined as a young account person and and grew up to where you are right now, which means that those that Gen One did an excellent job of identifying high potential employees and grooming them to take over bigger and bigger responsibilities. Did that happen in the typical kind of apprenticeship model where it was just through osmosis, or was there some formal system put in place? It, it was really more of an apprenticeship model. Um, Tim Clarity, I, I tend to be the type of person that if you give me a lot of room to move, I, I, I work better. Uh, if you constrain me, I, I'm not good being micromanaged. And so that's kind of the philosophy and the culture here. We hire really responsible people and let them do their way, do their job. And we do our best just to get out of their way. Um, that doesn't mean they don't need coaching. It doesn't mean they don't need training. Uh, it doesn't mean they don't need mentoring of, in sorts, but um, but we let them do their job. And Tim allowed me to do that and allowed uh, our media director at the at the time, Diane Ether, to do the same thing. And in and of it, uh, she and I both kind of grew up together in the business and became uh, somewhat heir parents. 
Uh, at the end of the day, Diane was probably uh, interested in retiring sooner. Well, she was. She's already retired sooner than I. And um, and she's since moved on. And because of that, she didn't want as big a share when we transitioned. Uh, but we had a third person internally who also had really uh, was a finance person and had really um, great, great credentials in that space. And so she worked in that and she was interested in buying in a little bit more. And between the three of us, we found a, we found a good balance for each of us. Now, you mentioned buying. So I'm assuming there was some type of transaction that happened from Gen 1 to Gen 2. And was it the traditional way where the first generation kind of set up maybe like a seller's note and they transitioned a piece at a time based on profits that were being generated by the business? Or did you guys have to go out and raise the money to pull us off? No, we were really fortunate. It was an owner-financed buyout over a five-year period of time with an option for a year six and seven, if needed, at the seller's discretion. Hmm. So we didn't control that. And then we did have to have some skin in the game. So there was a certain percentage of the overall price that we agreed upon um, that we had to we had to go to a bank and we had to we had to find financing for that. And based on our individual percentages, that's what we had to put up. And did they structure it that way because they wanted skin in the game or was that the only way to close the gap in price? They wanted to know that we were serious and 100% owner finance buyout, I think. And and I believe that it was the right decision for us. It was the right decision for them. Uh, They wanted to know that we were serious and and that, you know, being able to have needing to go to a bank and taking out some form of of a loan, you know, it, 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 it ratcheted things up just a bit. Right. And during that transition, let's call it five years, um, back to the main topic here, which was how decisions are getting made or the, or the power structure. Externally, it was important to them to still be perceived to be in charge, but internally, you and your partners were running the firm. Sometimes this gets messed up because the the generation that's on their way out, sometimes they don't want to give up control and they, they stick their nose where it doesn't belong at times. Yeah. Did that happen at all? It, in... Uh not to a not to a degree where it was terribly difficult. Uh, two of the partners that simply wanted their name still on the door, it was more um, that they just wanted to be seen as still the important person that started the company, and, and rightfully so. They're fantastic gentlemen. They're friends and mentors to this day. Uh, there was one that loves to do the work and is just passionate about the work and was an authority until the day he walked out the door. Um, but it wasn't difficult and there wasn't anything that was acrimonious or needed lawyers or anything like that. Okay. You know, and then Gen 2 takes over and some of them are retiring, as you mentioned. Um, is there like a mandatory retirement age or is there some some rules around when somebody can walk out the door? There, there aren't other than once you decide to walk out the door, the firm has up to 10 years to purchase your stock at the firm's discretion. I see. So we can do that over time, but you can't hold on forever. And you also can't be the one that drives it. You can't walk out the door and say, I want to get paid tomorrow. Very good. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That keeps everybody on the same page there. Um, it sounds like to me you had some great legal counsel that held your hand here and put these things in place to make sure that uh, you know there was no unnecessary tension and drama. Is, is that fair to say you had great counsel? We we had fantastic counsel. And my only disappointment is that he, he moved on and went and worked for his dad's company. So he's no longer my lawyer. So 
And, and would you advise our members that might attempt to do this, not to do it themselves and, and find the right attorney to help? 100%. I, I would say that unless you're an attorney yourself, and even if you are, it would be a mistake to try to do this without. The one, putting the structure in place from a legal standpoint kept us all in line. Yeah. We all knew the rules. We agreed to the rules, and we knew we had to follow them, and we did. Yeah. And, and that's the important thing. And everybody agrees up front, right? So there's no, there's no surprises. And, and when I've seen this, and I've seen it several times now, very rare does a dispute wind up in court um, because of this. I mean, it was it's friends selling to friends, so to speak. And it's a very natural, organic thing to do. And, and this is well-worn territory. This isn't something, for those that are listening, you don't have to go invent the wheel here. I mean, this has been going on for a long time period. Just because it's the first time that you may be doing it, members, it's not the first time that it's been done. Okay, so now let's fast forward a little bit. So your partners are retiring. At some point, you're going to retire, and you're going to have to go to Gen 3. Do you plan on using the same approach? Or are things, the world is different now than it was back in 1979, 1998, even 2014. Um, does, is the process still work? Or is, it, is it changing? Does it need to be modernized? I, I think it can work, but we have to be sure that certain components are in place. So right now we have one gentleman who's actually a member of Collective 54 as well because he's bought in and is a partner. Um, and, and he's a candidate to take that lead. Now we have to do a few things. We have to surround him with people just like I was surrounded with great team members to be a part of that. Um, and so if we can do that over the next three to five years, then we'll have a Gen 3 and I think it can work pretty seamlessly. If not, we do need a plan B, You know, whether that's a merger, an acquisition selling, um, where we're bringing on talent to help round out that individual um, or, or surround him, I should say, with others that can help him uh, with the day-to-day business, then then that's an option too. So I've, I've seen several people in our space specifically, marketing communications be left at the altar by that internal person who was supposed to buy. And um, so I, I know that we do need a plan B. Yeah, I, I've seen that happen too. You know, and then also, I mean, can you go so far as to think about, so you're on Gen 3, can you peek down to Gen 4? Or is that too far of a stretch? Too many years will pass by by then. I, I think for me, I don't. I, I think by by the time I hand off the torch, it's it's then theirs to have. And I think yeah. that's part of what really worked with us is the guys never came back and wanted to be back in the business. Yeah. They let they let Gen Two run it the way they they saw fit. And there's also just a spirit and a culture here that's been built, starting with Gen One, carried on by Gen Two. That's really important. Yeah. And it's why I know that while it's likely maybe even probable that we could get more money if we did an external sale it's not in the spirit of the enterprise mm. and what the guys were uh, gracious enough to do for me and and my other partners uh, we want to do for those that have been working with us side by side for years as well yeah rob this is a great story you're a fantastic role model this topic is uh, underrepresented in the world it's not talked about enough and the way these collectives work, ours and others, is that you know people have to make a deposit into the collective body of knowledge, and that's how we all get smarter. And you did that today, and I'm very grateful. So on behalf of the members, thanks for being here and sharing your story with us. You got it. Thanks so much, Greg, and I'll, I'll see you at the boutique on Friday. <laughs> okay, very good. And uh, for those that uh, are listening to this and they want to learn more about this topic and all the other ones related to growing, scaling, and exiting, 
If you haven't already, pick up a copy of the book, The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm. And if you're not a member and you're listening to this and you want that type of tribal knowledge, which is very tough to come by, and meet really interesting people like Rob, consider becoming part of our community. And you can find that at collective54.com. Thanks again, Rob. All right. Take care.